Hello and welcome to Podcast Open Mic. Um, I have a return uh, engagement here uh, with Jim Bomber, M.E. Uh, last time we were out near the falls in uh, Biddeford. Yeah. We're in the studio without a mask. Yeah, this is great. It yeah. feels like it's real. It feels like life is real again. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So welcome back. Yeah, thank you so much for having me back. I'm I'm really excited. Uh, hopefully, I don't end up tripping over a wire and falling down and crashing into the monitor. But you know, I'm sure worse things have happened here. I'm a good editor. So. <laughs> yeah. So um, you have a new CD. Yeah, I'm really excited. So uh, February, I decided to tackle the RPM challenge. You know, put out a record in one month and. I really had it done at the end of February, and I could have posted it on a platform, but I really wasn't happy. I had, I had seven songs that I really liked, and the eighth song, it's a pretty dark record. You know, most of my stuff is kind of downer music because of the themes that I write about. And I just felt like I needed to end it with something a little bit more hopeful. And so, you know, I kind of said, okay, we'll just maybe take another week. And I'm really glad that I did because I was busy at work, and then the following Friday, which I think was March 4th, I literally sat down on a Friday morning, came up with a chord progression, and in an hour I'd written a song. And it's really kind of based on a Bruce Coburn song called uh, Lovers in a Di Dangerous Time. Uh, it's called Kick the Darkness, because I kind of felt like everything that's been happening in my own life, societally with COVID, I just felt like we just re really need to kick at the darkness, you know, sort of like mm -hmm. the Coburn song. And I've always been a huge fan of Canadian artists and bands. And so that, that song is about that. It's about me name checking a lot of Canadian bands that I'm into. And I released it as a single, and lo and behold, it's kind of weird. It's getting a little bit of play. You know, Amazing Radio's played it a couple of times. Yesterday, I found out somebody in Australia put it on their top 10 new releases. Oh, neat. Yeah, who knew that I was going to be big in Australia, right? <laughs> Probably won't be very big around here, but, yeah. Yeah, I found that uh, at one point I had a lot of listeners in, what was it, Japan. Yeah, you know, it's, there's always been sort of this... Um, you know, like I remember Kiss when they toured in Japan before they really broke it here in America. You know, they, they, they were just adored. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like sometimes foreign audiences, and I don't know what it is. Somebody could explain it better than me. Um, you know, I think in America, there are just so many artists out there and there's so much white noise, it's hard to cut through it all. Yeah. And if you sometimes get out and get an opportunity to play somewhere else, whether it's Europe, and there's a lot of bands that have made it or, or play regularly in Europe and do pretty well that can't really break it here in the states you know so yeah mm -hmm. so have you been playing out uh yeah so um well i actually did a new year's eve party uh somebody hired me i have this uh account on gig salad which you can hire performances you know magicians and mu musicians i'm not a magician although <laughs> some people might think i'm creating you know s doing smoke and mirrors up here but um and then, you know, didn't play for a while, did the record, and then uh, played my first gig out, I think it was in early April, over at Sopo Seafood in South Portland, great little venue, uh, great seafood place. And then I uh, went down the coast last week a couple times, uh, and then, you know, I think I'm playing three or four times this month. I'm up to Pat's Pizza on Wednesday and over in Stratham, New Hampshire on Thursday. Then May is crazy. I have, like, nine dates in May. I, wow. I can't believe it. And then, like, eight in June. And I'm actually playing more in New Hampshire than I am in Maine right now. And part of it is, you know, I live in Bitterford, so it's easy for me to go south. Mm -hmm. you know, I can drive 35, 40 minutes and go south and be at a place, you know, where you, you play and people tip well and people appreciate you versus, you know, I've been places in Maine where, you know, 
might as well be playing in my basement where nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> so did they throw you oysters at uh, Sopo Seafood? They haven't yet. No, I might okay. go back there. You know, I think it was I was there first live music, so I think the audience was a little subdued. Uh -huh. um, and then, um, what was I going to say about about playing? Oh, actually, I you know it's it's kind of interesting because last year I don't think I got much around Portland. I'm at Andy's um, Old Port Tavern on I think it's May 17th. It's a Thursday night. You can always check my website. I put all my dates up on Jim Bomber, the JimBomberExperience.com. Just look under live gigs and try to update my, my calendar regularly. So if you want to see if I'm playing near you, just check out the calendar. And things change. I mean, I'm adding dates. Try to spend a day each week booking gigs. You know, you kind of mm -hmm. have to do that to play. So Yeah. Well, you're all set up. I am. We'll see how it your sounds. electric guitar yeah. and uh, a drum in your pocket there. And yeah, or in a pedal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what are you playing first? I'm gonna do. Um, I'm gonna try to do some of the stuff from the new record. This is actually the opening track off um, "Living in Some Strange Days," uh, which is uh, the the new record. This is called "Broken Little Bird." Okay. Thank you. 
about when people walk out of your life for no apparent reason and send you a two-line email. It's kind of hard sometimes, but um, anyway. Sometimes when people do stuff to you, though, if you're a songwriter, it gives you song fodder. So, hmm. This is a song I wrote. Um, it's actually a song that I didn't write specifically for the record. You know, So some of this uh, new release is songs that I've had that weren't on previous stuff, but this is a newer song that I wrote last summer. Started to play it towards the end of the year. It's called You Don't Love Me, You Don't Care. Okay, what's the name of the CD again? Yeah, so the CD is called Living in Some Strange Days. you got to go to Bull Moose on Record Store Day and check it out because it's got really a very provocative cover. I won't tell you more than that. When you oh. look at it, you might think it's a Baroque folk record, but it's not. Okay. <laughs> I tried playing this with a little bit sort of... I play this more with a rock drum kit, but I, I think in here we might want to do a little less rocky stuff. We'll see how it sounds. Yeah. 
It's actually a song about suicide, believe it or not. People, I don't know, you know, I, it's hard really sometimes for me to like, like, when I was playing last summer, you know, like somebody yelled out, hey, play some happy songs. And I'm not really out there to play happy songs. I'm out there to play songs that sort of come from this experience of, you know, grief and loss, losing a son, yeah. uh, the struggles of living in a world that doesn't always seem like it's a just world. You know, the other day, you know, just seeing somebody homeless at the post office, you know, when I brought some 
mail down and I just got talking to this woman and found out her story and it's you know it's like it's not like this could have happened to anybody you know and it's like you look at this country and it just seems like there's so many marginalized people so I don't know I guess if somebody wants to sing happy songs have at it I'm probably not going to be that guy you know yeah it sounded uh, I was going to describe it before you said that as a, an anti-love song yeah, I mean, it is really that, you know, it's not, I mean, it's not directed at any one person, but there was that period of time, you know, after my son was killed where I was sitting in this big house and wondering where everyone went, you know, and I wrote that song, and, you know, when I play it, I remember that time, and it doesn't seem that long ago, although, you know, music's been such a great sort of therapy for me, getting out, playing live, and, and really kind of doing stuff that I never thought I would be able to do, you know, and just the more I play, the more I enjoy it. I wish I'd started doing this 20 years ago, you know, yeah. so... So tell me about your recording uh, process. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I started, I, you know, I used a little corner bedroom in my house. I've been playing primarily in my basement because it's a nice sort of, I call it the bunker, you know, it's cement, you know, so I can play loud and it doesn't disturb my wife who doesn't love music as much as I do, you know, God bless her soul. She's very supportive, but just not the same music nut that I am. Yeah. But then I realized the basement just didn't work because the furnace kept kicking on and there's all this ambient noise. And so I sort of commandeered the corner bedroom of the house. And my first time through recording uh, the electric tracks, I was feeding it way too hot into my DAW. And so everything was like pegged to the red, you know, and it was like, I really was discouraged. I'm like, geez, I guess I can't do that. And then I thought, well, you know what? I'll try running it into my mixer, my Yamaha mixer. And that really was the key. And then it was almost... It was almost anti-intuitive, you know, it's like I, I wanted to play loud, I was th feeling like I was playing too soft, but really most of the stuff, at least the grungy stuff, is actually recorded with me playing very low volumes, and then mm -hmm. having some headroom to then, you know, do the mixing and then the mastering, which is something, you know, I didn't know, you know, it was a process for me to learn how to do that, you know, but I really have a pretty cheap setup, you know, I don't have a very expensive studio, I didn't have Bob Ludwig mastering my CD. I wish I could, you know. Hey, yeah. Bob, why don't you master my CD, man? I mean, you probably would have made me sound like Taylor Swift, right? But I don't know Who if that knows? would have been a good thing. But, um, so, you know, so I've got to, obviously, I could play all night, but you don't want me to do that. So I've, I've got a couple of songs. I mean, one is, um, I, I almost thought maybe playing a couple of acoustic numbers, too, that might be kind of If nice, you'd like, you know? sure. But I'd like to play one. This isn't on the record. It's just a song I've been playing for probably really two years. It's on the first EP, which is up on Bandcamp. It's a digital release called All You Stupid Sheep. It's called Living in This World. And it's really about cancel culture. And I play it a lot. You know, I play it acoustically. I played it down in Boston when I do my opening slots down there at the Midway Cafe and some of the other places I've been. I'm good opening fodder. They seem to like to hire me to come and just open up bands. And so far, no one's thrown anything at me. Yeah, that's you know, great. I mean, it is great. You know, it's like you think, oh, man, opening act. I, I just remember going to see, like, Neil Young, and they booed, like, Sonic Youth off the stage, which I thought was horrible. I remember that. I was at that, that show. That was awful. Man. Oh, he it was, was so brutal. pissed. Yeah, and it was just like, you know, come on, folks. But it hasn't happened to me yet. I'm sure it's going to. Yeah, I remember that show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that was a great kind of an interesting bill when Neil would bring out people that at the time people didn't really know. But right. Yeah, his fans weren't really accepting. I think he played one encore, and that was it. A one-song encore yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. And say, screw you, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, living in this world.
from the horror. We don't want to hear what you have to say. stupid sheep it's kind of one of the staples of my live set i usually play it every time i play live but now I mean, it's funny you know you write songs and they become songs that you really like to play and but i play a bunch of covers you know if you went and heard me play like at, you know if you go to see me at andy's on commercial street on i think it's may 17th you know i'll play a three-hour set so you know i have an hour and a half of my own music i may not roll out all of my own music that mm -hmm. night but i'll play like big star i do september girls i'll play some neil young some T-Rex. I love T-Rex. I love Mark yeah. Bolin. Um, 
I just learned to play uh, Rocket Man on the guitar. It's a great little guitar song. Cape with it, the third fret. So, you know, it's like I'm always adding stuff. I'm kind of like this mid-90s indie rocker. I say that, but I've got a shit ton of, like, 70s stuff in my set now, you know, with, with a mm -hmm. three-hour, you know, sort of, hey, man, can you play a song we recognize? No, but how about if I play an obscure cover that you won't recognize, <laughs> but it is a cover. <laughs> Anyways... Um, so, so I have a really long song. I, I, I don't want to keep you. I don't know where. Oh, no. So, you know, I, I, you know what I might do? This one is like my, my Alice's Restaurant. I really like this song. It's called Finding a New Path. Mm -hmm. And I think I may do this one with the electric and then maybe close with an acoustic number if that's okay. Sure, All right. sure. Now, on your recording, do you, uh, like, also play bass and stuff like that? Or... No, that was a challenge. So this this record is actually dedicated to. He, he was my best friend growing up. He was my best man at my wedding. Uh, a guy named David Gray. Uh, he lived up in Aroostook County. He had moved back here from Florida. He was working for the uh, Border Patrol, and he died of COVID this fall. Oh, and, I'm uh, sorry. And David and I were talking about getting together. You know, he's he was a very accomplished guitar player. It was weird because you know he. Um, he had done so much with his guitar, like, you know, he can play circles around me, but he didn't get out and do a lot of the live stuff that I've been doing, you know? He was more just sort of a guy that stayed in his house and played a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. And he said, look, you know, I used to play bass in a country band years ago, and I can certainly fill in, you know, you probably need a bass player. And we were going to get together, and you would have been my bass player, and that didn't happen. So the CD's dedicated to him. You'll see it on the back, you know, DHG, that's David H. Gray. And I uh, hope to see him on the other side someday, maybe, and uh, along with my son. And um, but yeah, so you know, I had to sort of I did a lot of multi-tracking. I did some songs where I did dr uh, modal tuning, double drop D, which is kind of a Neil Young tuning on, you know, um, Spaceship Flying Saucer Blues, which is just honestly, it is the most. Can I say the F word here or not? Sure. Yeah, it's, it's a podcast. It's, it's really a fucked guitar track. It's like I always wanted to do that, and it is. And if you, some people will listen to it and go, oh, my God, what is that? But I, I kind of came close to approximating UFO sounds with my uh, Gibson Nighthawk. I have this wonderful Gibson and Nighthawk. And that's for the weird tuning? Yeah, mm. this is a double drop D, kind of dronal, the, the modal tuning, which gives it a lot of droning on the, on the E strings. And ah. so I tried to do that, and I tried to sort of – Fill in some things on the guitar. I mean, that's the beauty of multi-tracking, right? You can mm -hmm. do some things that you just can't do live, you know? So that was kind of what I ended up doing. But this song I wrote last June, it's a song I was going to play a gig at a place in New Hampshire that turned out to be not such a great gig. But I wrote this song that morning at the kitchen table, and uh, it's kind of become, it's a very autobiographical song. Um, it's about, you know, the time of, you know, probably when you and I were growing up, there was a lot of rock and roll and AM radio. Mm -hmm. including yeah. Arlo Guthrie playing Alice's Restaurant, all 18 minutes of it. Nobody cut it, you know? And yeah. I've actually extended this out in shows to 20 minutes. You know, I, yeah. won't do it. I can. It's on the record. It's like 10 minutes and 43 seconds. Certainly not a single, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what, what made that gig not so great in uh, New Hampshire there? There were three guys at the bar, and I swear to God, Lorenzo, in two hours' time, they never once turned around and acknowledged that I was there. So I was literally playing at the back of their heads. Uh. And then a few families would come in. It was a barbecue restaurant. It was really weird. I played a lot of barbecue joints, and I don't eat meat. I mean, I'm not judging anyone. I've been a vegan pretty much for five-plus years. Uh, you know, I do eat a little bit of fish and seafood. I guess living in vacation land, you can do that. Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah. but it's weird. You know, I don't know if I'm a really good fit for 
for barbecue places. I don't think I have any barbecue spots this year. I mean, everyone said it was a great place to play, and the owner was kind of a crank. So, you know, probably the whole vibe that night was just like, and it was early on, you know, I had just started playing out live, you know, I was still struggling with some of the cover tunes I had learned so that I could get up to three hours, you know, and I fought my way through probably May, June, and even early July, and then coming about mid-July, I started to really feel comfortable playing, you know, like I could just not worry about every chord change and start to enjoy playing. It didn't become like really hard. You know, I'm just not saying, I'm still not an accomplished guitar player by any means, but you know, I've gotten to the point where, you know, I know my material and I have fun when I play and you know, I'm good at the between song banter or not. I mean, some people probably think, just shut the fuck up, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. I am who I am, you know, right. it's like I try to be who I am. Like if you knew me and you saw me up on stage, I'm the Jim Bomber you knew from high school and now he's got a guitar in his hand and they're like, where did that come from? You know? Like sometimes, I, you know, like my son, he, uh, Mark Bomber, a very well-known environmental activist who was killed in 2017 walking across America barefoot. You know, sometimes I think after a gig, I'll be driving home and I almost sort of feel like Mark is somewhere out there going to saying to me like, dad, where the hell did that come from? You know, because I really, I mean, I have a good, I've had a guitar for a long time, but never mm -hmm. really played it enough to be any good until four years ago where literally one afternoon I grabbed that old acoustic guitar and it saved my life because if it wasn't for doing that I don't think I'd be here I really don't yeah you know so but this is called finding a new path and it's uh, I don't know it's autobiographical <laughs> up to the sky but I'm really not someone in praise and I knew that if I didn't change something I wouldn't figure out what the next step is on 
journey. No one can tell you what that is. You gotta try to find it on your own. Be difficult and hard, but no one ever said that life would be a picnic. And it hasn't been one for me the last five years or so. But I'm still here. And I'm banging my guitar and I'm singing my songs. And you know, today, it's been a really, really good day. It's been a really, 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 really good day. But life can I clawed my way out 
playing an old Yamaha guitar that I've had for 20 years or so. Bought it down on St. John Street at Buck Dance's Choice. Never played it enough to be any good. But one afternoon in August of 2018, I pulled it out of a case and it gathered dust. And I know it saved my life. Cause this is the kind of music I've been living to, listening to since I was eight years old on an old transistor radio. Late at night, under the covers, with an earpiece in my ear, hoping my mom didn't come along and say, hey Jimmy, you gotta go to bed. Cause I knew if I shut the radio off, I might miss summertime blues by blue cheer and olive guthrie playing alice's restaurant i mean 18 minute songs on the radio they don't even play music on the radio anymore except maybe here at wmpg certainly not on am radio i don't even know what's on am radio except a bunch of political garbage we got podcasts. There's a Joe Rogan experience. I'm not sure why. Neil Young. Neil was a hero of mine growing up. And I don't know. Neil doesn't seem to like Joe Rogan, and I'm not sure why that is. And I started playing that old guitar once during a set last summer. I'd usually bring it out and tune it down. And I'd play one song usually usually Pocahontas by Neil Young. Along with all my obscure covers by bands like Dinosaur Jr. and Swearing and Motorists and T-Rex, although I don't really think T-Rex is that obscure. WFMU out of Jersey City. And, you know, there's only a handful of stations like WFMG out there, and I'm just thankful to be here jamming away in the little studio with um, the podcast show. And Lorenzo's been really gracious to have me back, so I really appreciate that.
name is Jim Blommer. I perform as Jim Blommer and me. I live in Biddeford, Maine, down along the Saco River. And I think about the rivers in Maine, how many of the communities along those rivers, like Biddeford in my hometown of Lisbon Falls, are trying to figure out what they want to be here in the 21st century. living in some strange days and um, maybe close out with an acoustic number? Sure. All right. Okay. That should be good. So does that thing like do fills and yeah what's really cool about it, it's a beat buddy you know so a lot of people use it as like a practice tool uh -huh. and what happened is you know i had all these beats i was downloading from the internet and you know i had subscribed to a couple of drummers sites and i was downloading wave files and what happened is i was trying to play live in my basement while i was streaming it always made like awkward sort of like trying to you know change and fiddling around with my laptop and it just always seemed like there were dead spots in my set. Not that there aren't occasionally here when you have to dial in, you know. But this one, you know, I just have the basic default, uh, you know, um, wave files that I got when I bought it, and I could add other stuff too. Uh, and you know, there's like 26 kits on there. I get a lot of mileage out of like the, um, like the brushes. There's a couple of like hand drums, almost sounds like a cajon when you play. Yeah. Like I, I'll play Main Man by T-Rex with that kind of cajon setting and it really sounds really cool. And what kind of happened is last summer I started going out, particularly on my outdoor gigs where they wanted something a little bit more raucous and I started bringing the electric guitar and the drum pedal and it worked. But it was a while before I incorporated the acoustic with that. This one I'm not going to play with any accompaniment, I'm just going to play the song. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I really kind of like that as a, a way to, you know, just be a little different than everybody else out there. Everybody else uses a looper. I don't love loopers, so I don't use a looper, you know. I could, but, you know, mm -hmm. it's a, you're always trying to be a little different, you know, I think. Sure. But, but this one I wrote, um, so there was a, you know, truckers protest in Ottawa. I'm a huge fan of sort of Canadian rock and roll, and my wife has Canadian family, you know, so I've always kind of really kept abreast of what's going on across the border and it's been hard you know uh, we've been kind of cut off from family you can't go back and forth across the border like you could um, but this was a song I wrote right around the time that they descended on Ottawa because I've had a lot of trouble with some of the I've had a lot of trouble with both sides of the political spectrum but I feel like the left in a lot of ways have not really offered a very good critique of some of the lockdowns and things. I just read something the other day, it was a, actually an interesting leftist critique of COVID, but there aren't a lot of them out there, I think, at least that's my personal opinion, but I don't wanna get too far afield politically. But this one's called TNT, so it's True North Truckers, and I have an electric version, but for the album I decided to record this as an acoustic, and uh, I kinda like how it turned out, so. Left my home in Saskatchewan Driving east into the dark 
Truckers TNT, the acoustic mix, it's on the record. I got drums and some underlying double track guitars. But uh, eight songs, 48 minutes. It's going to be at Bull Moose. Uh, you can pick it up there. You can order it on Bandcamp. Just Jim Bomber and me at Bandcamp. You'll find it. I'm streaming on all the streaming services. They say you got to stream everything these days. Pay you six cents a stream or something like that. It's crazy. How's that? You know? And then, uh, you know, I have it on my website, too. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. You know, this is something I've wanted to do, and I accomplished it, so it feels good. So thrilled to have a chance to be here once again with Lorenzo. You've been so gracious. Yeah. Twice well, now. I've I feel asked like you a back rock star, right? You know? <laughs> I've asked you back when, uh, when the uh, CD was yeah, complete, and you're that. a man of your word. Thank you so much. So, yeah. Um, so do you prefer playing acoustic or electric? Do you have a preference? Or? You, you know, I think for me, I think part of it is the people I grew up listening to. So, you know, like I mentioned Neil Young, you know, Mark Bolin of T-Rex is another person. I think a lot of the 70s guys, you know, uh, Big Star, Alex Chilton, they kind of went back and forth between electric and acoustic. And, you know, for me, it's been a while to sort of figure out how to, you know, because you play differently on, on an electric than you do an acoustic. But there are times that I just really like to go out with just an acoustic. And sometimes, you know, without even the drum pedal, I, you know, play a two-hour set, just me and my acoustic guitar, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, 
And it was really interesting. I was watching an old uh, T-Rex video with Mark Bolin, and you could tell, you know, now, you know, you get all the electronics and these acoustic electrics that make it really easy. You just plug in and you get electrified, basically, and run it into your PA or whatever. But back then, you know, they had to basically tape these contact mics onto their guitar, and it was amazing that they were able to get the sound that they got out of their guitars, you know, the acoustic guitars. But I always kind of, I guess if there's one guitar player, I mean, I feel like Mark Bolin gets more out of four or five chords than anyone I've ever heard. You know, sort of the, the droning, the kind of the way he plays. I play kind of heavy-handed that way. You know, not that I'm Mark Bolin because I'm not. I mean, he's the father of glam rock, you know. Well, I have a confession to make. Besides banging a gong, getting on, I really don't know much about where should I start if I wanted to listen Well, I mean, to I think thing. Electric Warrior is the best place to start, but maybe listening to, like, Main Man is great. Uh, like, a lot of his stuff is kind of hippy-trippy. I like some of the early stuff when he was just basically playing with a bongo player, you know. And, and then, you know, I mean, he started to really hit it big in England and— they wanted him to be sort of that matinee idol, so you know he, he grabbed the Les Paul, and there's a great version of Summertime Blues, which I play electrically during the summer, uh, of, of them when they just came back from their U.S. tour, and I can't remember where they were playing, and you could just tell, I mean, girls were like fainting, and it's just, it's such a great version of that song, the old Eddie Cochran song, which was written in the 50s, but mm -hmm. you know, rock and roll is rock and roll, it's basically three or four chords, and then it's what you want to do with those chords and bring your energy and that's always kind of been what rock and roll's been to me. And but I'm kind of a late bloomer coming to actually playing the music and realizing that, you know, maybe if I started when I was in my twenties or thirties even, you know, but I started late as a writer. I didn't start writing till I was almost thirty five and I've got four or five books out and I even came up with an idea the other day, you know, this winter I think I'm gonna write a book about performing and oh, starting cool. whenever, you know, because I kind of feel like I've got something to say about that, you know. Yeah. So yeah. So we're going to release this uh, beginning of May. Cool. So what, what do you got coming up in May? I'll definitely want, you know, anybody that's listening to this and sort of, well, MPG goes out all over the world, right? So definitely check out JimBomberExperience.com. Just Google Jim Bomber ME. You'll find my, my website. See where I'm playing. I'm playing a lot in New Hampshire. I might be playing down to, uh, I think Newton's doing a porch fest in early June. I'm going to be down there, I think. Oh. I'm hoping to get some gigs in the Boston area. Uh, in Portland, I'll be at Andy's uh, Old Port. Um, is it Old Port Pub? It's on Commercial Street. Yeah. Uh, at um, I think it's May seventeenth. It's a Thursday night from seven to ten. Um, hoping to maybe book some gigs in uh, late July, early August. Although my July calendar is pretty much full. August, I'm kind of waiting to see. I might go out and play a little further south. Mark, my son, was from Providence. I've got some folks down there. I might be able to book a couple of gigs, and I'm actually gonna try to get together with one of his old MFA colleagues from Brown and do a kind of a mixed she'll read from a posthumous book of his writing that just, oh, just came out and I'll play some music and I think that would work really well like maybe at a bookstore or something like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, great. Keep us updated. Thanks, Lorenzo. Appreciate it. Okay. Well, thanks so much. And uh, Jim Bomber M.E. And uh, so if you have something you'd like to uh, share something original, get in touch with me at uh, Radio Open Mic, that's M-I-C, at gmail.com. I'm Lorenzo, and we'll talk again soon.